What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Informed Daily. I am your host, Anthony Capasa. Today is Wednesday, December 7th. And in the news, we have Kevin McCarthy, GOP leader, says Congress will end vaccine mandates for troops. I'm going to read you guys what that means, and uh, we'll take a look at some dates. Trump organization convicted in New York criminal tax fraud case. Once again, the left says, we got him this time, but do they really? Sam Bankman-Fried hires lawyer Mark Owen, who represented known sex trafficker Ghislaine Maxwell and drug lord El Chapo. Very interesting choice of lawyer if you've got nothing to hide. And then lastly, we have here Biden says important things. Uh, there is more important things than visiting the border, as many of you might know or might not know. He is visiting Arizona today, which is a border state. And they asked him, the media pre uh, press asked him, uh, do you plan to visit the border? And he said, like, nah, there's just more important things to do. I'm going to read you guys some of the statements that the Border Patrol Union has stated. They are furious, and I think rightfully so. Lastly, Georgia election. Where did Republicans go wrong? I have some strong worded opinions for the GOP and RNC. With that, let's jump right in. But before we get started, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. If you are new here, we'd love to have you. This is going to be a daily segment, Monday through Thursday. Friday is going to be a little bit more cultural. Uh, but of course, if you're listening on audio podcasts as well, make sure you give us a five-star review. With that, let's jump into this first article. Breaking the COVID. Actually, let me make the screen just a little bit bigger. There you go. For those watching at home. Breaking the COVID, and this is Kevin McCarthy, by the way, at GOP leader on Twitter, saying breaking the COVID vax mandate on our military is ending. Last week, I told Biden directly, it is time to end your COVID vaccine mandate on our military and rehire our service members. The end of the mandate is a victory for our military and for common sense. Here is my full statement. And this is what he had to say. This was December 6th. This was yesterday. Washington, D.C. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy issued the following statement regarding the elimination of the COVID vaccine mandate in this year's National Defense Authorization Act. Quote, the end of President Biden's military COVID vaccine mandate is a victory for our military and for common sense. Last week, I told the president directly, it's time to end the COVID vaccine mandate and rehire our service members. While I applaud the end of this onerous mandate, the Biden administration must go further. Unfortunately, the mandate has already had negative consequences for our military. The Army and Navy missed their 2022 recruitment goals by thousands of service members. And at the direction of the Biden administration, the Defense Department discharged 3,300 Marines, 1,800 U.S. Army soldiers, 1,800 sailors, and 900 airmen simply based on their personal decision to not take the COVID vaccine. This decision was detrimental to the ranks, and there is no doubt it put our national security at risk. These heroes deserve justice now that the mandate is no more. The Biden administration must correct service records and not stand in the way of reenlisting any service member discharged simply for not take it, taking the COVID vaccine. Make no mistake, this is a win for our military, but in 28 days, the real work begins. That means uh, the new legislative session, uh, I believe that's January 3rd, 2023 is when the new House gets sworn in. The new House Republican majority will work to finally hold the Biden administration accountable and assist the men and women in uniform who were unfairly targeted by his administration. Now, this comes to no surprise. Most people know that Republicans have always fought for uh, basically medical freedom. It is a decision that you can take um, if, if that's so what you choose in regards to vaccine mandates. This is something that, you know, going back to 
uh, Governor Ron DeSantis out in Florida has been fighting for saying like, wait a minute, why are we mandating these things? Why isn't this a decision that everyone should be able to make? Um, we have information now that basically says, or not basically says, but that does say that, hey, even if you are fully vaccinated, uh, you're going to transmit uh, this over to other people. I don't want to get too technical here. YouTube, don't give me a strike. Don't get all crazy. Tech overlords over at YouTube. Uh, but the, the the reality is, is that when the mandates were first going in place, the Obviously, the information was not as clear and as transparent as it is now. It hasn't been updated. And so now I think, you know, it's, it's the right time for something like this to happen. Uh, there, we should be ending all these mandates. Uh, you know, the, the science has been updated. There, there are now more peer-reviewed uh, documents that show uh, that what, you know, people like Dr. Fauci were claiming at the very beginning that, hey, if you got vaccinated, um, you know, you, you're not, you're not, you're basically not going to transmit to anyone else that has been proven false obviously um and i think that that was again the concern of these individuals but to me mandating this on on the military and and basically i mean why fire these people that, that that's something that just never made sense to me even when it was happening here in california i'm from california there was a healthcare mandate put forward by governor gavin newsom and he said look by this deadline you either get the mandate taken care of, or you will be fired. I have family members, including my mother, that got um, you know terminated because of this mandate, because they're like, hey, wait a minute, can we hold, hold the phone here, folks? Why are we doing this? We don't even know long-term effects. You know, um, ironically enough, hashtag COVID vaccine is trending on Twitter. And I think it has to do with what is going on here. But AP, let's take a look at what AP has to say here. Article here, enlarge here, Con Congress set to recent COVID-19 vaccine mandate for troops. And it says the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for members of the U.S. military would be rescinded under the annual defense bill heading for a vote this week in Congress. So just so that you guys know, the bill, the bill what they ended up doing was uh, modifying uh, the, the bill that this is being included in uh, with the national defense basically saying or the annual defense bill. Uh, basically putting in in the uh, script or inside the bill that like, hey, we need to end this. And it was added in by Congress. And so they're going to vote on it. If passed, obviously it would rescind it. So there's no rescinding yet. I think GOP leader is kind of getting ahead of himself a little bit. But I think it's pretty safe to say that these things are, are kind of coming to an end. And it says ending a directive that helped ensure the vast majority of troops were vaccinated, but also raised concerns that it harmed recruitment and retention. Republicans emboldened by their new House majority next year pushed the effort, which was confirmed Tuesday night when the bill was unveiled. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy personally lobbied President Joe Biden in a meeting last week to roll back the mandates. Representative Mike Rogers of Alabama, the ranking Republican on the House Armed Services Committee, said the removal of the vaccination requirement was essential for the defense policy bill to move forward. Quote, we have real recruitment and retention problems all across all services. This was gas on the fire exacerbating our existing problems, Rogers said. And the president said, you know, the pandemic's over. It's time for us to recognize that and remove this unnecessary policy. So again, really good news for military folks, I'm sure for the thousands that were already let go. I think this is something that, you know, Republicans can continue to champion and say, hey, we're going to we're going to go ahead and not just uh, work with with the House, work with the current president that set this federal mandate for for the U.S. troops. Um, we're also going to make sure that you guys are able to come back uh, because we believe that you were wrongfully 
uh, fired for this. And so I, you know, this is this is a good look on Republicans. This is good. They they they've always kind of championed this. You know, I, I remember early on uh, I, talking to you know ex Democrats that were you know are now leaning Republican or voting Republican because of the vaccine mandates here in California. There's a lot of ex Democrats that I've talked to that I've interviewed uh, people that were always loyal to the Democratic Party and said this is the one thing that kind of turns them away. That did turn them away in the 2022 midterms here in California was the mandates. They felt it was unconstitutional. They thought that it was very immoral. And again, as things are updated, we're starting to see more and more that, hey, there was really no legal precedence, no scientific precedence of why we should have been mandating these things. But again, not trying to get uh, deep platformed here on YouTube. YouTube overlords, please don't censor me. Please don't censor me. Uh, but this is really, really good on Republicans. I think that this is going to be something that definitely, you know, they can they can champion. I, you know, and uh, I think it's really interesting that GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, of course, is the one leading this, and he's been on um, he's been on TV a lot. He's been over at Fox News. He's been in, uh, you know, anywhere and anywhere he can get press time because he really needs to secure the votes to become the GOP uh, leader for, for, for the house, you know, and so, uh, or for speaker of the house rather. And so it, to me, of course, it's interesting how much I've seen Kevin McCarthy uh, lately kind of championing these things. And, you know, hey, good for him. If this is really what he wants to do, if he's being genuine about this stuff, good for him. I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be thankful, uh, not just to him, uh, but, you know, are going to be thankful that this is finally kind of coming to an end. You know, my pastor just talked about this this Sunday. I'm like, finally, it seems like the end is near. You know, we can kind of see that light at the end of the tunnel. Los Angeles, however, is taking, you know, kind of a step backwards saying that, like, hey, if we go back into the high transmission rate, uh, we're actually going to have to go back to mass mandates indoors. So uh, to me, you know, hey, uh, I, I think the businesses, if they keep enforcing that stuff, it's going to they're going to end up losing business. So uh, to each your own, I guess. But this is really good for Republicans. I, again, I think this is always something that should have been a choice. Uh, regardless if you think that we were in the middle of a pandemic or not, whether you think that it was real or not, uh, you know, I got it myself. Um, and, and thankfully, you know, it was very mild in my home and, you know, I think everyone got it for the most part. I think my wife got it. I got it. Uh, my children got it. My mother got it, uh, who lives with us. And it was, um, again, pretty mild for us. Thankfully, I, I do know people that also died from it, but as my pastor said, it looks at like the light at the end of the tunnel is near. So again, goodbye GOP leader. I think this is going to reflect good on them. And with that, we'll transition over to this uh, article here. A lot, you know, I got a lot of, not a lot. I got some people that um, messaged me like, hey, are you going to talk about, you know, Trump organization getting convicted in New York criminal tax fraud case? You know, I, I saw this trending on Twitter you know, saying like Trump jail or or Trump's a con or whatever, you know, and I'm just like, OK, what's going on? What what did Donald Trump do now? And uh, it's I, I think it's not as hype as uh, Democrats are, are making it out to be. I think I've seen a lot of sad journalists over at Twitter. I think they're very sad about what this really means or what this really is. Uh, but I'll read it here for you guys. And this is CNBC. Uh, Dan Ma Man Dan Mangan. <clears throat> Apologize if I said that incorrectly, but it says Trump organization convicted in New York criminal tax fraud case. 
and this is again MSNBC, and it says uh, two subsidiaries of the Trump Organization were convicted of multiple crimes, including tax fraud, falsifying business records, and conspiracy after a trial in New York City. The convictions comes weeks after the company's owner, former President Donald J. Uh, J. Trump, declared uh, his candidacy for the White House in 2024 election. The case related to a scheme by his company since two. That's really important to note here. And notice how they say this, the case related to a scheme by his company since 2005 to avoid taxes and compensation to then financial officer Alan Weisberg and other executives. A jury in Manhattan Supreme Court began deliberations in the case this week. The Trump organization faces fines of up to $1.6 million at sentencing. So going into the article, it says two subsidiaries of the Trump organization were convicted Tuesday by a jury in New York City of multiple crimes, including a tax fraud, uh, including tax fraud, falsifying business records and conspiracy. The guilty verdicts on all 17 charge counts come three weeks after the company's owner, Republican former President Donald Trump, declared his candidacy for the White House in the 2024 election. Trump was not personally a defendant in the case. Womp womp. Sorry, guys. That's just a reality. This guy was not even a defendant. They were actually not necessarily accusing him of doing it. They just said, hey, your company is doing this and people related in your company are doing this. And I think this is probably the most important part of this article because this is why I think a lot of people are crying online <laughs> because I think that they really thought that they had something here. Um, but unfortunately, it was not Donald Trump himself. So it says, which related to a scheme by his company since 2005 to avoid taxes on compensation in the form of perks, including free apartments and luxury cars to then chief financial officer Alan Weisberg and other executives. But Trump, quote, knew exactly what was going on. End quote. A prosecutor said in closing arguments last week in Manhattan Supreme Court, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, whose office prosecuted the Trump Organization entity, said in a statement that the verdict was announced. This was a case about greed and cheating. And then if it goes down, it basically says defense lawyers had argued that Weiselberg, who earlier pleaded guilty to 15 felony charges, was solely responsible for the scheme, not the Trump Organization. Now, here's one thing I will say. Okay, obviously we can read this article and people will be like, okay, there you have it. Weisselberg was the sole proprietor here. He was the only person responsible for this. Mm, let's let's be honest here. When you enter the millionaire status and the multimillionaire status, when you own different companies, and and this is for and against Trump, what I'm saying, what I'm about to say. Obviously, if you're in charge of so much, you can't directly be involved in every single transaction. Donald Trump, obviously, the last four years prior to 2020, was busy being president of the United States. If I'm not mistaken, he had to hand over all that stuff to someone that represents him because he's not technically allowed to make income from, from this. I don't know exactly the technicalities or legalities, but what I will say is during that pres presidency, obviously, he's not running his businesses day to day. He's worried about being the leader of the free world, right? Obviously, you're going to have people in organizations even that he owns, that are going to be up to no good. But what I will say in contrast to that is it is a lot easier to make one guy be the downfall than let the entire organization be the downfall. That happens all the time. Let's be real. But for the sake of technicalities and for the sake of legalities, the only person that was found guilty here was Weisselberg. Which it's kind of interesting because they continue to blame Trump of like anti-Semitism, even though he's denounced it. And here he has a Jewish 
attorney, defense lawyer, uh, right? So it's like, how can you be anti-Semitic, but then hire Jewish people to handle your accounts and money, et cetera, et cetera. Besides, doesn't he have like a Jewish like son-in-law and then like his daughter is now Jewish and then they're raising their kids Jewish? I don't know. I don't really understand why everything has to be labeled that. But uh, I think in Trump's case, he's got... Um, you know, arguments to be had that he's definitely not anti-Semitic, but that's neither here nor there. But again, here we have proof that it was Weisselberg that, 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 you know, pled guilty to the 15 charges. And all that's really happening is the Trump company is going to face a 1.6 million in sentencing. So for like the people that like message me, obviously there's a lot of people on social media that know that I'm a conservative, that I tend to vote Republican. They're like, oh, well, what's up with your boy Trump? Like, why aren't you talking about his? Okay, sure. Here I am talking about it, but he's not found guilty of anything. He wasn't even a defendant. And what's going to end up happening is his company has to pay $1.6 million, a fine of $1.6 million. I think Breck Price probably had the best tweet, and this is what he had to say. The Trump organization, the Trump org was just convicted in a Manhattan jury of a tax fraud and falsifying business records in which Trump himself was never implicated, and the maximum penalty was a, a $1.62 million fine. That's the best they could do after investigating the man for half a decade? I mean, you know, <laughs> does my boy Greg have a, a point here? You know, and then he subtweeted, uh, it says, all those years of work and millions of taxpayer dollars used by politically motivated prosecutors for a million fine, for a million dollar fine for the company in a civil lawsuit that at the very worst would also result in a mid fine. The walls are truly closing in. And, I, you know, obviously he's being sarcastic here, but look, man, we, we, we continue to hear these things, right? Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, but his taxes. Oh, but his taxes. You know, this is that. This is the best they could do. I mean, that's, that's pretty piss poor. You know what I mean? I mean, he probably, he probably has a million in his pocket, you know, just to tip people <laughs> anywhere he goes, you know, he's like, Hey, I need to tip people everywhere I go, restaurants, ballet, whatever you call it. I need a milli cash, you know, like every day to just be able to tip people. Obviously, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's that rich to really be doing that. Obviously I'm being sarcastic here, but really? After after half a decade of investigating the guy and going on about his taxes, that's the best you could come up with. I don't know if they've got what it takes, folks. I'm going to be very, very honest. However, there is one multi-billionaire I do think is in deep, deep waters. And we're going to go right into the next article here. This is Daily Caller. Sam Bankman-Fried hires lawyer who represented Ghislaine Maxwell as Fed probes ramp up. If you don't know who Sam Bankman-Fried is, he, he was basically a founder of, of FTX. It's like a cryptocurrency uh, company. Uh, they, they were worth multi-billion. And then it turns out that, you know, uh, they were, I guess, conning some of their, you know, allegedly conning. I'm going to say allegedly because trials for it, if there is any, uh, haven't been confirmed as to what exactly happened there. We're still trying to figure it out. But what we do know is that this man, Sam Bankman-Fried, was basically using customer money to kind of bankroll uh, Democrats and Republicans. I'm going to go through that as well. But it says here. 
Sam Bankman-Fried, former CEO of now bankrupt crypto exchange FTX, has hired a lawyer who defended Ghislaine Maxwell against sex trafficking charges last year, according to Routers Tuesday. Bankman-Fried has retained Mark Cohen, a former federal prosecutor for the Eastern District of New York, amid allegations that the fallen crypto mogul is responsible for loaning more than $10 billion of client funds between FTX and another company he founded, Routers reported Maxwell was convicted last year for conspiring with Jeffrey Epstein to groom, sexually abuse, and sex traffic minors, among other crimes. You know, what's so interesting about the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff is that she she was found, she was convicted of grooming, sexually abusing, and sex trafficking minors, but apparently to nobody because there is no client list that you could go see. So she was convicted of working with Jeffrey Epstein in grooming, sexually abusing, and sex trafficking minors, but apparently to no one. That's kind of interesting. Like there should be like a client list of like, okay, can you prove to us that she was sex trafficking minors? Well, sure. Here's a list of all those people. Oh, wait, there is no list. Oh, actually there is a list, technically speaking, but that has been uh, shut down. That it, it is private information. No one's allowed to look into that. No one's allowed to look into that list, which I think is extremely interesting. But it's also interesting that this guy has hired Ghislaine Maxwell's attorney. I mean, you, attorneys can represent different cases. I understand, right? And then apparently this this same uh, lawyer attorney is also has also represented drug lord El Chapo. Now, this guy has hired the same attorney. Well, he's not running drugs that we know of, and he's not sex trafficking minors that we know of. It's just an interesting pick for me. I don't understand, uh, especially because El Chapo got found guilty, and so did Ghislaine Maxwell. Why are you going with people that, with an attorney that, I, I you know, I'll, I'll leave it up to you to decide. But it says here, Martin Flumenbaum, uh, the disgraced CEO's former lawyer, stepped down from his role prior to giving a statement to Routers saying that conflicts have arisen as prosecutors and regulators continue to investigate the crypto firm's historic collapse. They may have begun pressing investors for access to communications they may have had with Bankman-Fried and other FTX executives, according to Routers. The prosecutors are reportedly looking for evidence or evidence that Bankman freed or FTX misled investors about the firm situation, Routers reported, citing anonymous sources. Bankman freed has repeatedly denied in recent interviews that he was aware of any inappropriate use of customer funds at FTX or its sister firm, Alameda Research. <coughs> uh, he has also repeatedly said he has roughly uh, $100,000 left from his multi-billion dollar fortune. Now, I'm going to go into this next story because... Obviously, what he did was wrong. He is now bankrupt. I mean, technically speaking, he has more money than me. He has $100,000. <laughs> uh, so, hey, good for you for, for being bankrupt and still being richer than those of us who go to work Monday through Friday. <laughs> uh, but uh, with that, I wanted to kind of, you know, there, there's a lot of conspiracies around this. A lot of conspiracies going around about what really happened, uh, who's involved, you know, did the Biden administration know about this? And, and I'll kind of let you know why. So this is the Los Angeles Times. Disgraced crypto exec Sam Bankman freed uh, spent big in two SoCal Congress races. During her campaign for the U.S. House of Representatives this spring, then-state Senator uh, Sidney Kamlinger 
apology if that's mispronounced, was endorsed by a little-known nonprofit called Guarding Against Pandemics. A few weeks later, a group called Protect Our Future began to spend heavily to support Kamliger in her primary election in South Los Angeles, dropping $500,000 in less than a month on mailers, television ads, and radio spots, federal records show. The two events had one connecting thread. San Francisco Bay Area native Sam Bankman-Fried, 30, the co-founder of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, goes on to say, before his business empire imploded, Bankman-Fried was the world's youngest billionaire and the second biggest donor to who? To Democrats. In the 2022 midterm elections, he gave $27 million to the Protect Our Future Political Action Committee and also contributing to also contributed to the Guarding Against Pandemic group run by his younger brother. In more than a dozen congressional elections, including two in California, the two groups seem to have overlapping interests. Guarding Against Pandemics endorsed a House candidate and Protect Our Future spent heavily to support a political hopeful. In addition to Kamliger's bid for the 37th Congressional District, Protect Our Future spent more than $1 million to support Long Beach Mayor Robert Garcia in the 42nd District in southeastern L.A. County. Um, let's see. I, I believe there was like a part about Biden. I know that he was like. I know he also donated to the to the Biden campaign. Well, the moral of the story here is that here you have this world's youngest billionaire that is allegedly funneling money from customers, their money, mind you, to these third-party organizations, nonprofits, and they're funding Democrats through it. So people are now wondering what the hell is going on. So, of course, you have customers who are saying like, well, we want our money back, but the money is no longer there. So now it's going to be this long, drawn-out thing. Republicans are already talking about how they're going to subpoena him. They're basically going to take him to court. They want to find out, and I think rightfully so, they want to find out what really is going on here. So crypto, man, I'll be very honest with you guys. I've never understood crypto. I I, I, I tried it. My friend tried to get me into it. I've, I've never really understood it. I, I don't understand the concept. I don't understand the decentralization to it. Not not big brain moment for sure. Not big brain moment. But this is really interesting that even the Los Angeles Times has been diving into what candidates this guy from San Francisco was basically spending millions of dollars in. And where was that money coming from? This is really, really interesting. Really, really interesting. So I think, you know, time will tell on what's going to happen here. I think that we're going to see that there's a lot of shenanigans for sure. And I think that, you know, once everything is said and done alongside the Twitter files, for example, uh, we're going to see a lot exposed, a lot, a lot exposed. And this is good. This is good. This is what we need. What we need is transparency. We need answers. We need to know what the heck is going on between the Twitter files showing that the FBI was working with Twitter and big tech to censor opponents, to censor people at the behest of the quote unquote Biden team. And now you have people like Sam Bankman Freed that were funneling money over to Democrats, even in states like California, uh, to, to these little small local elections. 
people deserve to know what exactly is going on. It's too much funny business going on. And I think that at the end of everything, you have corruption, you have greed, and I think that you have government colluding with private entities, which if I'm not mistaken, that's literal fascism. It's when the government and, and, and the private sector are basically working together as kind of like an extended arm of the government. We know the Bidens are involved. We know that this guy funneled money to both parties, but primarily to the Democrats. I think we need to see exactly what's going on uh, because people look, this, this is one of the things that I often say. If, if people don't start seeing accountability from either party, then people are just going to lose hope in the system. And what happens when people lose hope, not just in the system, the political system, but even the justice system, seeing that the justice system, uh, the, the people that are supposed to go out there and investigate and, and and hold people to justice. These are the same organizations that are in bed with Twitter tech, censoring political opponents, being used as a propaganda arm of the Democratic Party or whichever political party. I don't care which party it is. This should not be happening at all. It really should not. And, and when people start losing hope in these institutions and the FBI and the DOJ and, and the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, in the private sector, I, I feel like we're going to go into very dark places, and I think we're we're already getting there. People are losing hope, not just in elections. People are losing hope on the process, on the system, on the DOJ, the FBI, both political parties. A lot of people feel like both political parties are, are just two feathers of the same bird. Nothing is being done. So, you know, with with yesterday's loss of, of, of Herschel Walker against Raphael Warnick, the incumbent Democrat out of Georgia for Senate. Uh, I, I, you know, and, and now Democrats have taken a seat there. There needs to be some reflecting going on. I tweeted this yesterday. You know, there needs to be some serious reflection by the GOP and the RNC and their leadership. They need to find out what the hell is going on here. What, what do we continue to do so wrong? And again, I don't mean to just single out GOP RNC, but uh, what I will say is, Democrats also, politicians need to start doing some self-reflecting. Why are less people voting in elections? Yesterday, for example, it, with I, I, last time I saw the chart, it was like 95% of, of, of the race reported out in Georgia for the Senate race between Reverend uh, Raphael Warnock and then you had Herschel Walker. At 95% reported, I think Warnock was like a 1.8 million. And then Herschel Walker was like a 1.6 million. In 2020, over tw over 2 million people voted for either party. That means that both parties lost over 200,000 voters. The, the, the Republicans more so. Since 2020, which was another runoff election with Raphael Warnock, Raphael Warnock, I, I believe, won by 2.1 million. Yesterday, he won with 1.8 million. I mean, he... that did. 300,000 Democrats in Georgia have, did either not did not vote or moved or something happened. Granted, I understand 2020 was a presidential election, but still, people are losing faith in the system. And, uh, and I'll get into that last bit here shortly, but I want to go into this last story here. This is President Joe Biden. This is right in front of the... Uh, uh, I believe it was when he was in the White House. He was en route to Arizona. I think it was about to jump into the plane. 
And then he says, uh, New, when asked why not visit the border crisis in Arizona, as the president is visiting a semiconductor plant, he says there are more important things going on. And I'm going to just. The border, because there are more important things going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. The border, because there are more important things going on. They're going to invest billions. So the video kind of skips the question, but the last bit that you hear from the reporter, and I believe that was Peter Ducey from Fox News, uh, is he basically said, why not visit the border if you're already headed to Arizona, which is a border state? And his response was, there are more important things going on. We have the worst border crisis our nation has ever seen, like in recorded history. There are more, there are more people being trafficked let me let me just reiterate that for a second. When asked why not visit the border crisis in Arizona, the the president said there are more important things going on. We have the worst border crisis this nation has ever seen in record recorded history. Border Patrol continues to say we need help, we need resources. I have personally covered the border crisis, and in talking to Border Patrol agents, they are demoralized. Suicide rates are going up with Border Patrol. People are dying. Border Patrol agents are being shot at. They are being put in grave danger because of the border crisis. And the president, when asked why not go visit the border, he says there are more important things going on. That is disgusting. As a prior Department of Homeland Security under the United States Coast Guard employee myself that worked as a Spanish interpreter at the border, this is this is repulsive. This is disgusting. You have demoralized Border Patrol agents, overworked, under-resourced, struggling to contain the border crisis, and now they have to listen to sound bites of the president of the United States, their commander in chief, saying, well, there's, there are more important things going on, man. It's not just about the border crisis. Stop asking me about this. That's disgusting. That's not a true leader. That's, that's a slap in the face to the border patrol agents that have died. It is disrespectful to their families, to their children. These people put on a uniform every single day. And they go out there and they defend our nation's borders. And this is what the leading president, this is what the commander in chief has to say about them. That's absolutely disgusting. And it's not just me thinking this, by the way. This is Bill Malugan over at Bill Fox LA on Twitter. New President Biden says he'll be going to Arizona, but tells our Peter Ducey he won't visit the border because there are more important things going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise referring to a chips plant he'll be visiting in Arizona uh, uh, via Fox News. And then it says here, pull it up so you guys can see it. The un new the union representing rank and file border patrol agents responds to President's uh, Biden comment that there are more important things than visiting the border. Quote: This is Brandon Judd over at the National Border Patrol Council. President, nothing is more important than the safety and security of the American people. But to President Biden, it is an afterthought. With a record number of people and drugs, including deadly fentanyl, crossing our border illegally and evading apprehension, it is apparent. Biden cares more about politics than our children. Friends and neighbors, Biden's record clearly proves he cares about politics, not about doing his job of protecting American lives. Subtweet. 
And it says more from a border patrol union. No surprise that Biden doesn't think the border crisis is important or worthy of visiting, bringing attention to what is happening at the border is exactly what he wants. Rampant lawlessness, along with a new all time record for escapes in November to him. That's a win win. And then the last one here, it says uh, Border Patrol Union visiting an ice cream shop. Very important. For our president, visiting our border where illegal immigration, deaths, escapes, and federal smuggling set new records nonstop with thousands thousands dying as a result, not that important. I would be furious also. This is disgusting. This is non-presidential. It's a non-answer. The president has yet to visit the border once since taking over. And again, as I stated earlier, this is the worst border crisis of our time. The worst. I remember when the border crisis first started, people wanted to deny it existed. People wanted to 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 to, to ignore it. No mainstream media coverage, no corporate media outside of Fox News. And of course, that's deliberate because everyone knows that they've made an enemy of Fox News saying that they're fake news or right-wing propaganda. I've been down there myself. I'm an independent journalist. I have nothing to do with right-wing propaganda. All I do is report objectively, and I've shared that with all my audience members. I used to work DHS. I used to be in the military. I've worked the border. I know what comes in day in, day out. Outside of me seeing it physically, in person, being a Spanish interpreter at the border, and then also covering it as an independent citizen journalist, it is unfathomable what is happening at the border. The things that I've seen, the things that I've passed on seeing videos of women being raped, I've said, I believe you. I don't need to see it. I don't want to see it. It's disgusting what's happening. And here you have President Biden saying, well, there's bigger things going on, man. That's, that, it, it, there's just no words for that. It's unpresidential. It's your job. Go visit the people that are defending our nation's borders. Go, go thank them. Go wish them a happy holidays. It, it's disgusting what's happening. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with this. Despite all of this, Republicans continue to lose. This is why I said yesterday on Twitter, there needs to be some self-reflecting. What's, what's not going to work is more of the same. Despite the border crisis, despite inflation, I kind of digged into a little bit about this yesterday too. It's not working. And people online, Republican, conservative pundits, commentators want to say it's Trump's fault. No, this is DeSantis's fault. Some people wanted to blame DeSantis because Georgia's one state up. Like, why didn't he go help campaign? We can blame everyone we want, but here's the reality, okay? I talk to Georgian voters. I talk, I, I talk to people that reply to my you know, stories online, uh, on, especially on Instagram, and they say, this is not what Georgians wanted. I had one specific person tell me, I'm here in Georgia. This is not what we want. I don't know anybody that would vote for Raphael Warnock over Herschel Walker. There's no way this is real. Hashtag rigged, right? Whatever. So I asked these people, and you know, I wouldn't lie to you just for the sake of, of telling you this. Here's the reality. Democrats work overtime for what they want. They are willing to do anything to win. 
over their political enemies. There's a lot of, and not, and not all Democrats. I'm talking about like the more extreme ones. People that hate you, that hate what you stand for, hate who you worship, hate your morals and your values and, and your Western way of thinking, for example. These people hate you and they want to win over you by any means necessary. And if we're not willing to do the bare minimum in order to win, what do we expect other than to lose? So I talked to these Georgia voters and I said, can I ask you a question? And I said, in the last 30 days from the election in November all the way to December, did you knock on one single door on behalf of Herschel Walker? Did you make one phone call for his campaign? Did you donate more than $20 to his campaign? Did you send emails for his campaign? All of them said no. So, so here we have a political party and its voters, not just voting, but they're knocking on doors, they're ballot harvesting, they're signing up to be poll watchers, they're willing to do everything and anything to win. Everything and anything. That's expected. When you tell me, oh, but they lie, they cheat, they, they lie, they cheat, they steal. Right. Evil does what evil does. Why is anyone shocked? Why is anyone surprised? Again, my surprise comes from the people that think that elections, all that is required from us, good people, is to go vote on the same day and that everything's going to be fine and dandy. That's it. That's what should be required. And I say, that's insane. I say to people, I am shocked that you think that anything in America, whether it's the FBI, DOJ, voting, whatever, works the way it's supposed to. I'm shocked you think that that's ever even going to happen. There's going to be nuances. Wait, wait. So you mean to tell me going into the election, you knew that people were going to lie, cheat, steal, and all you did was go drop off your ballot? That's all you did? You didn't sign up to be a poll watcher? You didn't knock on a single door? You didn't go ballot harvest yourself? You know, people want to tell me like, oh, but they ballot harvest and then, and, and then they open them up and then if it's a Republican vote, then they'll discard them. So then if you, a good person, were to collect those ballots... Even if it was a Democratic vote, you wouldn't discard them. So now what we have is you not doing anything and evil people doing everything. And you're surprised? If, if we are to have any real chance at ever succeeding in winning politically, we need to start thinking we need to go above and beyond to win. By any means, legally necessary. This is what Charlie Kirk has already talked about. Charlie Kirk has already said, I'm done. We, if we have to play by the rules, we're going to play by the rules. Republicans need to wake up. Doing nothing will consistently tell you and show you the same result. Technically, that's insanity, right? It's, it's continuing to do nothing over and over and over and over again. And if you're one of those people like Scott Pressler, hey, good for you. I applaud you. I'm not talking to everybody here. I'm talking to the overwhelming majority, however, of the Republican base, the people that do nothing. Oh, but I work. Well, welcome to the real world. 
you have to work. And then on your time off, you have to go do things, extraordinary measures in order to secure the win. It's like I continue to say, Republicans don't really want it. They don't really want it. They just kind of want it. That's just the reality. Republicans kind of want it, maybe want it. All I got to go do is drop off my ballot. Okay, then yeah, sure. That's all I'll do. Wait, wait, wait. Now I got to go volunteer. Now I got to collect the harvest uh, ballots. I got to curate ballots after the election. Oh, bro. I just want to go back to watching Netflix. I want to go back to watching Disney Plus. That's all I want to do. That's why we lose all the time. I cannot entirely fault evil people doing evil things. I already expect it of them. It's what good people are willing to do to go also above and beyond to do what is right. I talked about this a couple of days ago. Oh, but Anthony, look, uh, you have Katie Hobbs uh, you know, threatening Republicans with incarceration. My guy. If you stand up for truth, if you're supposed to be doing what is right, you'll always be persecuted. It's never going to be easy to do the right thing. It's like climbing a mountain. Lying, cheating, and stealing is going downhill. It's easy mode. Because that's the easy way out. It's the easy way of winning things. Doing what is right is always going to require you going above and beyond. And you're surprised by this? The mentality doesn't need to be, what is the party going to change? The mentality needs to be, what am I going to change going into 2024? What am I going to build between now and 2024 to make my community safer, to, to help pass legislation? What, what city council meetings do I need to start attending? What board of supervisor meetings do I need to start tuning into, even at work, the way Democrats do? What, what, what else do I need to do? What, how can I go above and beyond next time? Now, a lot of people are probably laughing at me, going like, oh, so your solution is vote harder? No, it's, it's do harder. It's work harder. If your solution is do nothing, I want nothing to do with you. Bye. That's okay. Go go sit and wallow about losses and, and think that life is only about retreating and doing nothing. That's fine with me. That's not the option I choose. It's like the saying goes, just this guy woke up and chose violence. Yes, I do every single day. But it's not violence against a human form. Right? What does scripture say? For you do not fit for our fight is not against flesh, right? It is against spirits, principalities. Come on, man. Wake up. And, and we're the side of, of fearing God. We're the side of righteousness, of, of working hard. Come on now. Come on now. That's all I got for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you liked it, like, subscribe. Uh, you know, trying to do everything we can. If you want to con uh, uh, continue to support what we're doing here at Inform Daily, um, you know, there's a Patreon link down below, patreon.com forward slash inform with Anthony. We're going to continue to bring you the latest news, culture, everything, politics regarded. Uh, we'll bring it We'll bring it to you guys here. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. God bless you guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow, Thursday, December 8th. God willing. See you.